0: man they sucked till we came allegedly
1: hello and welcome to another episode of allegedly NYC I'm Nomi Ruiz and I'm Eva Sanjurjo and we are two Puerto Rican girls with a New York state of mind mm. Two girls,
0: one cafe con leche.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We could do that joke forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> How are you doing, girl? Girl, I feel, like, pleasant. I feel grounded. It's <laughs> <Just> kidding. Oh. <laughs> no, I feel good. I actually I feel really good. Um, I prefer you edgy and annoyed. I, yeah, I'm so always annoyed. <laughs> always annoyed. I've... Honest, I don't know what happened to me recently, but I've become a little bit more, um, you know. Not that I've always been a mousy bitch, but I also know that I have a bad <laughs> temper, so I have to like, l- like w- hold it in. And and by bad temper, you know, it's just like a fuck you, you know that kind of right. that that kind of bitch. So recently, some girl <laughs> like nudged me, and I and I, I walk into the train, right? Uh-huh. So she uh, like she totally nudged me, and I. I'm like I'm one of those people I'm a, New, a true New Yorker pet peeve person. Like I know how, how to right. walk and I'm like I walk single file like, Don't walk in pairs. Yeah, I'm like I'm very like aware of the air environment. I'm oh, always yeah, always am. So when she nudged me I was like, "Oh, excuse me. I, th- I thought I was walking like, I don't know, like a like a, like a kindergartner." And I was like, "Wait, I'm not." And I was like, "Oh and I said, like, "Oh, excuse me." And she didn't say anything. I was like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> so then she and then I was like, "Oh, okay. Whoa. Yeah. So I, (laughs) we're both going the same direction, you know, we're both going the same way. We're we're all going, we're all going to work, right? It's the morning girl. So I'm ready, edgy, I'm ready, edgy as it is. A to B. So I get, so then I start walking a little faster. And then oh I'm like, oh, you're going uptown up, going downtown too. I'm going downtown. <laughs> so I'm i I'm like following her. <laughs> so you start stalking her. I'm stalking her. Then okay. she finally stops to like what where you want to stand in, you know, for what track you want to go into. Yeah. So I look into her eyes, I'm like, you're a fucking cunt. <laughs> I was I hope you have a real shitty fucking day. And she Wait, looks what at me crazy. <laughs> no, she doesn't even say anything. She looks like and then everyone She's thinks like you're I'm crazy. I was like, Oh my god, thank you. <laughs> Oh, my God, you listen. Enjoy your day. Just like, I've
1: always
0: wanted to be insulted by you. Oh, you know what? It is a treat. It is a, a treat. Gift. It is a gift. It's a gift. My boyfriend
1: likes it. <laughs> That's another topic for another episode.
0: I a special episode. Humiliation. <laughs> oh, my God. Shit. So, yeah, that was my day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think... Hmm. Ooh, I think there's girl. a kettle ready.
1: Start, darling. Serve me, the tea. Serve me the tea. What's the tea? I need two lumps oh, of this. sugar. This tea is a kiki. Key key. You sent me this. Ooh, what did I do? This, okay. A few months after a pro-lifer oh. convinced the woman not to have an abortion. Fucking bitch. Speaking <laughs> she of She was then asked to take the child into her own home. <laughs> <laughs> that pro-lifer took to social media to describe the situation, and this is what happened. I talked the mom out of everything an abortion in February Her baby is six months old now And was just removed From her family's custody By DCS Unfortunately It was probably A justified removal But this family Put me down As the next preferred Placement for this baby I would have done Dude, that shit me No, 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 no I do way too much work For this already A six month old Will break me Destroy my marriage And physical health I
0: just can't Oh, look at that, bitch oh. <laughs> Look at that This is the reason Why I went to the clinic <laughs> So you know, you know, I would get pregnant on purpose and then have the abortion on a porch. <laughs> I was getting a little agitated. I, mean, I would totally be like really heated. I'm like, oh, really? Seriously though. It's like, that's hilarious.
1: I mean, you couldn't you can't make that shit up.
0: No, you can't make that shit up. I, when I first read this, actually, I when I first like read about it, and I was like, oh my God, this is like the this is a pro-lifers, uh, an a pro-choice a person like ourselves. When we read this shit, it's like, ah, the irony. The irony. How crispy. Yeah. Oh, you put extra salt on this irony. You
1: fucking cunt, stupid bitch. <laughs> I think more people that have children should put, like, pro-lifers as their, like, next
0: of kin. Oh, my God. I would just do it to every... every Suddenly, every, I would do it to Parenthood every, would yeah, be cleared every out. Every Republican pro-lifer, I'd be like, here, a basket. <laughs> And there's a baby how and a dog in it. A baby and a dog in it. <laughs> oh my god, that would be fucking hilarious. Puppy and a baby.
1: Take it. How to how to change pro lifers. Give them a child. Give them a child. <laughs> oh my god, this tea was a hot one. Mm. I'm so ready. there's a new show coming out on HBO Max called Legendary, uh-huh. which is a dance competition show revolved around the ballroom scene. Goddamn! And it was re- when it was announced, there was a huge backlash when the actress, activist, and host Jamila Jamil was announced as the show's MC.
0: Ah, uh, yes, yeah, she's gorgeous. She always got something to say. That one, she's gorgeous. She kind of has always annoyed me. I don't know why she annoys me. I too. never liked her. Why is that? I- she just puts her <sighs> politics. I mean. I I, you know I sometimes I do have a problem with with celebrity and politics I just do um I don't know why. well I think I it's like I'm okay with Jane Fonda for some reason but like because I think when someone's really about the politics it's
1: it, I, it comes off across differently. There's because and now I think there are a lot of people that think that they're activists, right, and are pursuing that as sort of a career move because of like social media and Twitter and all these things. And you can you know you can say something provocative on Twitter and suddenly you're famous, right? So I think there are people out there that you know while they have good intentions, they're sort of using it as a way to boost their fame, you know, in a way. 100 because
0: I don't know. I know she was in a show. I didn't. I I don't know. Who the hell she was until she started talking. And I just saw her all like in my feeds. Right. That's like the world we live in now where like we don't know who people are. I don't know until who the they fuck say she was in, Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, yeah, it. and it, some of it was like, all right, I get like, yeah, that same point of view. Yeah. Uh, equal pay. Vaginas, all that right, stuff. Right, but you, you know? why, why
1: I don't like her is that I feel like she puts down other women, yes. in order to sort of like promote her feminism.
0: Oh, she I think she does that all the time. She's, she's a legendary. to always doing it to, to Kim Kardashian. Yeah, always. she uses her. Always. She uses
1: other women, yeah, as a way to like you know weaponize what they're doing. Yeah,
0: and it's like if I, I, I'm not, if I'm in that celebrity status, I'm not gonna. Publicly do it, I'm gonna call Kim Kim. Like, if I, cause you know, she has like a publicist number. Like, girl, can you get me her? uh, Kim Kim's, I was like, do you think you should put a lollipop that says that it does well? Right, there's a way to do it. Instead of like coming out on Twitter or going on a talk show. It's just blasting, blasting, blasting to a point of, I don't know if it's genuine. It's
1: just well in yeah. the point of blast. Well, I, 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 in my mind, I knew one day she would receive some backlash, and here it is. Go on. So she was announced the show as the show's MC, and like the backlash came from many angles. And it's so funny because you know, I on Twitter, I'm connected to a lot of the girls in the ballroom scene, girls, many of the, the family queens, day, all, all the mothers, all yeah. the all the children, and so I'm seeing all the things in the morning. You know what I mean? yes, I read and Tracy's. So, yeah. Oh, so, oh. yeah. So yeah. So. People are having a back this backlash because she Jamila is not associated with the ballroom community At in all. any way, shape, or form. No. And Angelica Ross, who is a, an amazing actress from um, Pose and American Horror Story, she tweeted, "I don't, <laughs> I don't want to think about this too much because thinking about it only further reveals how fucked up this really is." And you know what? Just know. Other people said, "Get an actor actually from the culture." Yeah. Other people said, you know, you'd want a judge to be familiar with ballroom and I don't know what Jamil is. There are people I can think with enough star power and expertise. This matters to me as a queer black person. You know, a lot of the, the community was just coming out and being like, you know, this is another another instance when the, the culture is being appropriated and used for mainstream and and the actual kids that started it right and that are really w- walk that life. Right, right. Are not reaping the benefits of it. Um and then there was this a bit of discourse between hustler actress Chase Lisette.
0: I live for her. Live for her. She has something to say. She I get a alert every time she speaks. So I'm like uh-huh, what are you going to say? <laughs> We're listening. I'm like you were twerking, showing yourself in a bathing suit, you got something to say. Love it. <laughs> I love a girl with a body mm. and, and a, a Twitter <laughs> account and a good feed. <laughs>
1: she wrote, I interviewed for this gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of mind blowing when people with no connection to our culture get the gig. Yep. This is not shade towards Jamila. I love all that she stands for. If anything, I question the decision makers. Ooh. Jamil then responded to the tweet and said that Lizette was mistaken and that she auditioned to be a mother, not a judge. Where then, Lizette? Mm. responded and said, I love this response. Go. I don't have to audition to be a house mother. I am one. Work, bitch. I am the mother of the fucking house. Ooh. Done and done. Now mic clean drop. your fucking dishes. <laughs> That's just a mic drop for me. Right. Oh, oh that my God. Is such a fucking mic Well, drop. you know, it's funny because I got a phone call about this show. Mm-hmm. So there was someone that got my number somewhere, called me up. Thank one God of the you producers yep. from the show.
0: And <laughs> you're like, hello? Girl.
1: And yes. they're like, uh, we would love for you to come and participate in this show um, Legendary Ball And he's a, he's a white man describing, yeah. telling, Trying to teach me about the ballroom Meanwhile, walked it, bitch Girl. I'm like, just, and I'm like, mm-hmm I'm just like, mm-hmm yeah. oh, He's I, telling me about what, what the ballroom I reckon I never is. heard that before He's yeah. te- telling me what houses are He's telling me, like, oh. the, about cash prizes And all these things And, like, you know, come out, bring your friends And, like, compete, and blah, 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 blah And all these things And I'm like I don't know where you got my number from, but I'm not a part of that community. You know what I mean? Like, I am aware of them, and I know a lot of people that are, and I have been in that immersed in that world, but, you know, I am not a ballroom person. Yeah. And... I think that's another part of the conversation that was coming up is that like people think just because you're queer or you're trans or whatever you are, that that you're automatically a part of a ballroom culture. You should be laying out in the middle of 14th Yeah, that's like the new stereotype for especially trans women, I think, like in television, like before we were just prostitutes or dead bodies. Right. And now, I mean, now we're we're voguers. Yeah. But I mean, (laughs) it's a better thing to be referred to as, but it's still not. Yeah, Just all of our experiences of course So we can't just be lumped up in that way
0: But every, that, but that's how society, they lump you in something Yeah, that's why it's, I got that phone call Yep, exactly <laughs> And I'm just like, uh, don't call me again Yeah, I'm good <laughs> But then this bitch came out of nowhere and so says she, she's, she's bi Alright, then she comes out as queer Yes She didn't say bi
1: Oh, queer She says queer Alright Which, you know, I don't want to say anything politically incorrect wow, But like it. What does that mean to you, girl? I mean, yeah. Are you trans? Are you, do you like hook up with girls once in a while? Are you in a poly relationship? Because she's dating James Blake. Yeah, that's right. And over, you know what? I just, I have an issue with like women in pop culture Mm -hmm. who are always bisexual. Oh, I don't buy it. What is it the Katy Perry's the Gaga?
0: Yeah, everyone's bisexual. It's like we the know you the only bisexual in- I've ever loved was Angelina Angelina Jolie. Cuz she never talked about it. She just did it. She just did it. She's like this is my bitch now. She did it. She actually didn't even tell us. That's the thing. She goes home. I would like to see you do it. Yeah. Like, show me. I don't... Honestly, it's like when Kevin Spacey, they found out he was a child molester, and all of a sudden, he's like, I'm gay, like, as a clutch. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you coming out now, you dumb bitch? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like, I mean, that's an extreme. I'm going really... I'm going a little further. But,
1: like... Well, no.
0: I get what you're saying when they're trying to, like, um, steer the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I am queer. I'm like, really, bitch? Because I... You never... Out of all the all this shit that's been coming out of your mouth for the past few years now since we've known you you've never said you were queer never ever, ever.
1: and mind you she's this active voice she's very an active, active uh, voice. she identifies she as doesn't shut voice. up
0: girl <laughs> so uh,
1: as a and feminist now all, of a sudden,
0: all of a sudden it's like i'm queer i'm like really right. out of everything that's coming out this is the only interesting that's I, i've actually heard but now i don't kind of don't buy it because i feel like it's like bad timing yeah like I, you know, Girl. all of a sudden I, you know, I, I just can't.
1: Somewhere in the world, Kim K is kikiing and laughing at her She's couch. Like, and, She's looking at Twitter, her it, phone, like it's, it's sucking her diet lollipop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like that, like, I told you, bitch. See, that's the thing about Libras—we just watch people crumble. We don't say shit. You know, we don't say shit. We, know, nope. we, say shit. we, we just watch. watch people crumble. It's so true. They always try to come for us. We know that I-, I never say anything. That's why I'm not like a very like you know argumentative person because I know well, that's when funny. you're coming that's for me, like yeah. But I know like ninety percent, like all right, seventy five percent of the time when you're coming for me, and and it's and you, you, it's very pointed. I'm like no, I'm just you know what I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna sit this one out
1: <laughs> because you know people like that are operating from an insecure place. Of course, so you know that at some point they're gonna stumble over their own shit. Yeah,
0: and you're like I just want to watch that.
1: Yeah, I'm that's why I'm gonna watch. follow you on Twitter.
0: Yeah, I'm, oh I I, I I most of the people I follow I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Jeremy Scott, horrible designer, terrible designer. I think he's the worst designer. <laughs> But you know I think he does great At Moschino Because that that makes sense to me But I yeah. watch I see all this And I And I'm like Oh my god He's still like The worst fashion designer That's I've ever topic. seen Like people
1: you follow On Twitter that you hate
0: Yeah but I enjoy I enjoy it so much You enjoy
1: the The, the I, backlash yeah, And the downfall oh, Yeah
0: but but he's doing I mean he's doing amazing But people think He's an actual fashion designer Which is nuts I'm like watching it Like a fucking <laughs> carnival <laughs> I was like, that's a Charles James dress. He just put it in a McDonald's print.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Sorry. Well, I. I, (laughs) So I also wanted to. The show Legendary is coming out on on HBO Max. They're they're filming now. Well, I also wanted to also say a shout out Leomi mm. and Sean Wesley and DJ Mark. Mike Q, who are yes. also a part of the show. And, you know, I'm excited to watch them and see. Well, obviously, you knew, you know, I'm going to watch. We're going to watch. Well, obviously, we're watching. Duh. Duh. And, you know, with shady. I think that HBO probably released this press release on purpose to start this conversation to get like the backlash going. And because now backlash is like they want. I backlash, mean, they're fucking even. smart. It's like so annoying. But like anyway. Congrats, Laomi, Deshaun, and DJ Mike. Q. We're gonna be watching and we're gonna we're gonna be critiquing. We're gonna be talking about that you. shit Better be realness. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> okay, well, joining us today mm. is a Mexican-American writer and also the music editor of Remezcla, Eduardo Cepeda. Mm, good man. He's gonna be giving us all mm. the tea on. I want to share his opinion on misogyny within reggaeton scene mm. and and homophobia and yeah. the new queer artists coming up and the new mm. feminist artists coming that's up. Right, that's right, God it. We'll be right
0: back I brought this. my beef case. <laughs> <laughs> I got my files. Eduardo mm. Arr-
1: Allegedly. <laughs> hey, tea spillers. Oh, oh. It's Nomi Ruiz. Here to remind you that I'm performing this Saturday in Brooklyn, New York at the Sultan Room, where I'll be joined by Brooklyn MC Miss Boogie and DJ Dylan the Gypsy. You can find a ticket link on my site, nomanruis.com. And here at Allegedly NYC, we're doing a merch giveaway. Purchase two tickets, post a photo of them on your Instagram, and tag Allegedly NYC and Nomi Ruiz. And you'll receive a free merch package that includes two t-shirts and a CD. So head over to NomiRuiz.com and grab them tickets. And I hope to see you there. Ciao. Okay, and we're back. (laughs) And joining us. All yes. the way from, where did you come from?
2: I came from Bushwick, actually. All the ah, way well from down
1: the block in Bushwick. <laughs> Eduardo Cepeda. Welcome to Allegedly MYC. Yay, thank
0: you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What I a, pronounce your what a welcome. But, yes. I mean, yeah, we always
1: got to give you a sense, standing ovation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone's special here. Mm-hmm. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, I'm good.
1: Eduardo is a writer. Yes. From El Paso, Texas, and who is the music editor over at Remezcla. That's right. Is that correct? Yes, I'm just going com. to I hear a lot of... Oh, uh, remezcla.com. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> if you want to find it online. Right, if yeah. you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock. <laughs> you grew up in El Paso. I did. And
2: awesome. when did
1: you come to New York?
2: I came in 2015.
1: Ah, so you were in El Paso all that time?
2: I traveled a lot, uh... I was in bands and stuff For a long time Oh you are in bands I did that whole thing What kind of music? Um I guess Indie type stuff Before it was like So like
0: rock star status? Like No not
2: rock star status More yeah. like
0: <laughs>
1: Well you've been touring I think anyone who's done a tour Can say they've been like
0: rock Had star, a rock yeah. star
2: moment There's rock star adjacent moments I guess Yeah, yeah.
0: Like you You, you can get me. a drink ticket <laughs>
2: Drink ticket, <laughs> some free substances here and yeah, there. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> for me, that's definitely wrong, star status. <laughs> when did
1: you find yourself drawn to music?
2: Oh, wow. I don't, I mean, I think since I was a little kid. I, uh, Always. I was used, your family was, musical? or, or your dad piano.
1: Oh, gorgeous. Oh, good nice. So I
2: think <clears throat> a moment I remember is like, I figured out how to play like a melody once on the piano. Mm-hmm. And on like on my own. And oh, so then my dad was like, do. "Oh, let's put you in piano classes."
1: Oh, and amazing! So they nurtured your they yeah, nurtured totally. your creative your creative side.
0: That's um, great. I read that you opened a record store in 2014.
2: I did open a record store.
0: That's like so cool, by the way.
2: It was it, it's, my dream
0: in life was always to like either work in a record store or like. Have one, and you you had one. That's fabulous.
2: I think it's probably cooler to work in one than yeah. to own one. Because
0: you know, I watch Empire Records, right? And you know, it would <laughs> be know, cool. <laughs> if you worked at his record store. That right? would be awesome. That would have yeah. been bomb. Oh my god, we would have been a god a Friday night. You have a good library, night. internal library. Oh, I am like
2: nerd. How central. did that come about? Yeah. <clears throat> so that was kind of odd. I actually had like a kind of marketing consulting agency. I went to school for like video production and stuff like that mm. filmmaking and so i was using that to do marketing and i was actually working out of a coffee shop one day i had an office but i was working at a coffee shop and i saw this little building in front of the coffee shop um a friend of mine owned this whole uh, shopping center It was made out of like recycled shipping containers Ooh. and so i asked him what's that what are you using that for and he's like oh that's just our storage and i was like that would be a really cool record store you should get someone to do it and he's like you should do it and i was like haha yeah funny and I went home and like kind of joked with it about it with my partner Maria, yeah. and she was like, "Dude, you should actually do that." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, haha, funny." And then it just kind of spiraled out of control, and then I ended up doing that. It was, That's genius. Yeah. So cool. Well, it tu- well,
1: the, it was a record store, and then it turned into a record label, and it, then into a festival. Yeah,
2: it, <laughs> again, spiraled out of control. Um, <laughs> um, so, funnily enough, I was in the store. And I was just like reading a book about. Factory records because mm-hmm. uh, mm. I'm obsessed with all of that stuff. That's so cool. Um, and I was like, well, I want my own factory records, which is a bad omen because I mean, that was a huge failure. It's
0: huge, <laughs> but like, but the upright right, in the fall, is inspirational. the impact, like Halston, was, yeah, yeah. Ray I love, I love a, a cult moment, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> um, so there was this band of people who I knew from El Paso, but they were doing pretty well. They were actually in LA, I think, at the time, but then mm-hmm. they were, they used to be signed to uh, Mexican Summer records out of new york and stuff Uh and they were doing pretty well but they didn't have a record deal at that moment Mm. um and i was like hey do you have a bunch of recorded music you want to put out and the guy this guy david was like yeah i actually have he sent me like 50 songs and it's like pick 12 or 10 or whatever and we put out a record it was on vinyl only to begin with and then we ended up putting it on streaming cute um and since the record was going to be ready around the same time as south by southwest we were like oh let's just do a south by party to promote it. And then nice. that turned into us having a South by party every year for a few years. Wow.
1: South by so fun.
2: Yeah. And then we realized we were able to get brands to give us money to do these things. So we were like, Ooh. what if we do like a festival and we get brands to pay for it somehow?
0: We love that.
2: So we sort of did that for a couple of years and it was just, it was, it was fun, but uh, El Paso is a difficult market for really making money off Creative projects, and right? That's right. kind of why I was like, let's just. So you get got to it. your point. You were like, okay, yeah, we did that. I'm, I'm done.
1: Did that done, right? Did that done? Um, I was curious to ask you about because you we were talking about the record store and like yes. joking about you working at
0: yeah, I Eduardo's record dream. store. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but like, I I was reading a piece of your writing online. I was stalking you, and you sort of compared like modern day bloggers to like the record store clerks, who were sort of like the music like, go-to person where you'd like ask opinions or what's like the latest thing or like you get their, their opinions on what's hot or not kind of thing.
2: Gosh, when did I say that? <laughs>
1: 2015. <laughs> 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 so like... I have a weird relationship with music journalism. Sometimes I think it's like the writers are like steered a certain way because of like their ego right. or because they want to try to generate clicks nowadays. It's very different. So I wonder as someone who's experienced sort of both sides of that, like having a record store and knowing how it influences culture and then like being a writer too, like what are your go-to, what's your view on that? And also like what's your go-to like for honest references on music or like nowadays, like where do you get the good stuff?
2: So <clears throat> I think that kind of sort of out it's it's an outdated thing to think of a music journalist as someone who's really truly a gatekeeper anymore right um because you know yeah in 1975 if someone wrote a review on an album that you didn't know you wanted to spend $5 on or not mm-hmm. you would kind of take their word for it and say okay I'll I'll buy this piece of vinyl and take it home and listen to it but Now, I mean, of course, the second something is released, you can just listen to it for yourself and form your own opinion, whether you like it or not.
1: And then everyone has their opinions, and we can have access to everyone's opinions, Exactly. Isn't that just terrible? And also awesome.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but sometimes, like, I like the purity of, like, what it used to be, like, just getting something, like, listening to it and knowing that, okay, track five was the best one out of the whole album, you know? (laughs) I don't know. I still enjoy that.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I think... I think the role of a of, of a good music journalist has changed more to place a piece of music <clears throat> kind of within the context of culture now. Right. So now it's not so much about whether or not this is good or bad, right. but more like why this matters, why this might matter in 20 years whereas this other thing might not matter in 20 years. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of artists get really upset, you know, mm. because especially publications like Pitchfork who sometimes have really cool Reviews, I gotta admit. Like some sometimes the, they're and some not. Some of them are
0: really fucking funny. Yeah, they're hilarious. <laughs>
2: like, <laughs> um, these huge pop stars who are selling out world tours get so angry that some of these journalists probably rightfully think that they won't matter in five years. Mm, and shit. it's just like this ego bruise. Right? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> so. It's um, like
0: a crystal ball for them because they against the fear, you know. It's like they think that, you know, they they just weed got Ouija right. board. Right. Yeah. Well, do you think like a bad article could make or break an artist
1: or that doesn't really affect I don't think careers? So. I like think a restaurant I, I like p- Peter Luger. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I might do the opposite actually. Um gosh, what's that band? Greta Van Fleet. Pitchfork wrote the Oof. most hilarious review I've ever read in my life about anybody. Um and I'd never heard of that band before. And I definitely right went and streamed their album curious. right after. Yeah. Um, it's so all about they, curiosity. They got yeah. one stream out of that bad review, at least. That's yeah.
1: good. I would love a stream
2: in <laughs> a bad review. <laughs> um, as long as they're read- talking. <laughs> yeah, as long are talking. <laughs> I also read
1: you had a column about the past, present, and future of reggaeton. Mm. I did,
2: yeah. Um, so, uh, shortly after Despacito uh, became a worldwide phenomenon, uh-huh. and everybody was writing about reggaeton, and everybody was talking about That's reggaeton, so funny. I was actually having drinks with a music editor from another publication, and uh, they were talking about how they wanted to cover reggaeton more and stuff, and I mentioned something about how she should cover El General first, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, who's that? And I was like, well, whoa, well, whoa, well, wait, Like, how do you not know who <laughs> El General is? Like, and so, I went home, and I was like, okay... There's people who don't know who El General was Like There's people who don't know How we got to Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee Right Like maybe I should tell that story And I pitched it to Romesco actually I didn't work there at the time yet Mm -hmm. And they took the Yeah they accepted the pitch And it it became this kind of huge thing for a while Um, That's amazing Yeah it was fun
1: so from there, you wound up being the music editor of Pets Clock.
2: I did. Yeah. That's that ended lot. up happening. Well, that worked inspiring, out. Inspiring,
1: yeah. That's a resume. That's pretty inspiring. <laughs> how did that tumble into, how did that go? I
2: mean, it was just, my editor emailed me out of the blue one day and was like, hey, so um, I'll be leaving in a few months and uh, wow. wondering if you might be interested in exploring the possibility of filling my role. And at, at first amazing. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I could do that. That's I've heard how hard being an editor is, right. yeah, especially. It looks at, kind of. Br- it seems brutal. I mean, people think you're just editing words, but you're doing a million things. You're it seems. Like, oh it sounds like it's like
0: a very emotional job.
2: Yeah, you're coordinating with yeah. publicists and artists. Yeah. And you have to wait on people's and you, schedules. It, yeah,
0: and, and you also you have to like tell people that it's not great.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel
0: know. like actual
2: editing is like forty percent of the job, in in some cases. Like yeah. definitely in mine. Like.
1: Well, you're sort of editing. You're overseeing it, right? It's it's sort of like right. you're not editing are you editing everyone's articles as well as like it's
2: in the music section, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and
1: then you're like kind of That's a lot of
2: work curating is, yeah. it. curating, curating yeah. yeah, and like we have events That's too a lot of work. and work. You
0: know,
1: yeah. That's exciting. I wanted to get a little bit more into the reggaeton sort of Urbano scene with you a little bit. And correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know, but I think much like hip hop, reggaeton did it start off as sort of an outlet for like black and Afro Latino artists to like in Panama. To, like, address social issues?
2: Yeah. um, So, of course, most people kind of know a vague history of it, right? Like, it definitely came from dance hall. Mm -hmm. Um, If you go to Panama, you know, many people are from Jamaican descent because uh, a lot of thousands of Jamaican workers were hired to build the canal Mm -hmm. uh, in the early 1900s, and so many stayed. And many stayed in what was called the American Zone at the time. So a lot of them speak English. Um, So artists like El General... Renato, who was one of the pioneers, um, they sang in English originally. They were taking Jamaican records that like their cousins would send them, and taking the B side, which was instrumental, and then rapping over them in English on the on these buses called Diablo Rojos in Panama. And eventually, El General moved to New York, and people here actually told him, "Hey, you should sing in Spanish. Like mm. the, the crowd kind of gets more lit when you do that." And so that's kind of how. He started singing in Spanish, and then a lot of people back in Panama started doing it too. And those were kind of like the seeds, right, of reggaeton. Mm -hmm. Um, Nando Boom actually made a cover of Dembo, right, which is like, you know, people now use the term Dembo to refer to like a reggaeton beat, right?
1: Right. I guess, well, that's, I also wonder that because it's like, Dembo, is it like a specific rhythm within reggaeton, or is it like, because I feel like there's a little, there's a difference between like the rhythms in a way. Right. Now, so
2: the dembo be- the bo- the dembo rhythm was a, a Shabarank song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Nando Boom covered it in Spanish, a mm-hmm. Panamanian, and the the beat for it was actually kind of re-recorded here in Long Island. Um, wow. And they added a little bit of timbal to it, so mm-hmm. it gave it a little bit more of that flavor. And the B side ended up being I don't know it ended up being called the Pounder Rhythm. And that's what a lot of instrumentals were, were. That's the instrumental that was being used for a lot of early reggaeton or underground, as it was called at the time. Um, and a lot of the Puerto Rican artists, I'm trying to give you the super fast version. I, I could it. do this for hours. Yeah. But <clears throat> a lot of the Puerto Rican artists um, were really into these Panamanian artists, right? Mm-hmm. Like DJ Negro, who founded The Noise, uh, which was a nightclub and ended up being a mixtape compilation. Where was the club? It was in, the first location was right above La Perla in Old San Juan. Oh. Um, but it. so he he told me once he was like yeah I was trying to book artists like in Canada I was trying to book artists like uh, Nando Boom but we couldn't afford them mm-hmm. so I asked around if anybody could like kind of mimic that sound so we took those Dembo rhythms and had other kids rapping on so them like to,
1: they were producing they were yeah they like were just trying to unknowns to them but they weren't <laughs>
2: recording it necessarily they were just doing it for the club
1: and like over the tracks
2: right and like that's, a mixtape vibe like I a think that's out. kind of the most like pure idea wow. of how it got to be Puerto Rican reggaeton, right?
1: Right, right, right. Because um, then it's like Puerto Rican... Puerto Rico is kind of like known for that now, I guess. Absolutely. But like its origins are not there. No.
2: So... Yeah, I mean, and of course I it changed dance. over time. Yeah. At first it was very Jamaican sounding.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, if you right, listen right, to
2: right. early Daddy Yankee, he's rapping like a, like like he's Jamaican. With an accent. Yeah. And, <laughs> Dag. You know, it, eventually you know, everybody figured sense. out their own sound. <laughs> yeah, that, you added, right. you know, later on there was like Dominican elements added to it, and that's kind Absolutely. of what we know is like the bigger part. Like, right, the, more, right, right. like the Perico Ripiao was added to it, and like, we had like Bachaton, I guess, is we jokingly call it or whatever. Bachaton.
0: Like if you listen to like
2: old... Bachaton? Like if you listen to like... Lo que pasó pasó, you know. Or,
1: Lo que pasó pasó. You know that has like the
2: merengue sounds on it. You know, <laughs> that's such a good song. So
1: cool. Well, also like hip hop, I feel like it seems that the 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 scene has moved into this sort of like a bit of like a machismo realm and like misogynist kind of like yeah. way where like which is I mean not surprising because I just I just think as in contrast to like starting off as like rebels music and a way to like spread a message and then it turns into this sort of like I don't know thing that's sort of against our own people.
2: Well, I would say that it started that way. I mean, it was ah, so definitely you very misogynistic. In the to be, oh, in general, oh yeah, throughout. No. If you listen to like the old underground, it's like it was not called reggaetonia, but it was called underground. Like a lot of those lyrics are very, very like they're intense. Like. Right, right, right.
0: Well, it's just like you know, going back to hip hop, and you know, depending what era hip hop you're 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 going to be talking about, it's, it was very mi- misogynistic. You know?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny. I was like on a road trip with my boyfriend, and he loves reggaeton, and we were like listening. He had, like, a playlist of reggaeton. And I'm, like... I love reggaeton. And, but I never really sat in a car and, like, listened to, like, the music. Right. And, like, I was there for, like, two hours. And I'm, like, started to feel so shitty and, like, so <laughs> small. And, like, I'm, like, my boyfriend listens to this fucking... Like, my <laughs> mind was just he going, like, this, this is piss. what you like. Like, what they're talking about. Just, like, pussy ass, tits, like, like fucking. And, like, yeah. really kind of viol- in a violent way at bit yeah, sometimes. Definitely. And I'm, like... It finally like hit me I'm like oh shit This is like You know it's A lot of times we, Like it's so popular now In mainstream And we don't even like Know what we're like dancing to Which like A part of me like Loves that But <laughs> I'm also like Oh shit this is real This it's like embedded mm-hmm. And also as like a, a Latin person I know like how that really is A part of like Latin culture Like this the machismo much smell, That really but... affects Like how women are treated And mm-hmm. femmes And like queers And like all the, It, 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 it spills out Into a wider realm when like music, like content, like that gets so popular. I'm like, oh my god, this is just like kind of normalizing that right. culture in a way. Um, so, like in a time where music and influence is so powerful, like, do you feel like reggaeton artists who have become so mainstream, do you think they have like a responsibility to sh- try and shift that dynamic?
2: Yeah, and I definitely see. You know, I don't think anybody's a social justice hero here yet, but right. <clears throat> you definitely see people like. Bad bunny um mm-hmm.
1: oh. doing a
2: lot to kinda of change those conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you look at the few months before he really blew up, mm-hmm. he he went on like this Twitter rampage one day where he was just like criticizing men for thinking that women need to shave their legs and that you know, just right, right, he was right. just doing a lot of that. Yeah. I
1: remember he was talking about going trying to go into a nail salon or yeah. something somewhere and he right. they were like trying oh, shame they went, to shame yeah,
0: to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I love that about him.
2: Yeah, and he, he you know, he's always kind of playing with with gender norms, I guess, and,
0: and I and I, I honestly, uh, that that was refreshing for me. Yeah, I was absolutely refreshing. I mean, he's
2: still very problematic in so many ways. See, yeah. that's, that's the thing where but sometimes that's the nuance, right? Like
1: that is the nuance. Like sometimes it comes across. It could come across as like just like sort of taking up space in the a place where like people are actually like about that life in a way. Like, do you go home and take off your nails and then walk through the hood as like? Yeah. With a ball cap on your, but Yeah, that's your Are you yeah. really like,
0: or is, that, like is it, or is that your show You know Is this your Part of your brand You know Yeah
1: I mean Like you said That's the nuance Of that conversation
0: Right um,
1: And with that I feel like there is also I mean a lot of people Have talked about This sort of double standard In reggaeton, Where like There's a like, female artists That sort of sing And rap about sexuality And like And like kind of like Being the boss bitch or, Like mm-hmm. you know Like Ivy Queen Or like right. All these like New girls that are coming out um, and I've read about some, these double standards where, like, those female artists are sort of judged and, like, shunned and censored at times for, like, being, being sexual.
2: Right. And I think, sexualizing themselves. I think Evie Queen definitely, uh, kind of experienced the worst of that because she was mm-hmm. a pioneer. Yeah. Right. Um.
0: So it was the first person to get the most, uh, shit.
2: The biggest one. Yeah. You know, there were definitely yeah. other women.
0: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> none with as much, uh. Spotlight as she did, right? As she had, um, and and I still think to some weird extent she still gets it because she should be a lot bigger than she is right now. Interesting. And she recently tweeted something about how, mm. you know, all the biggest names in in Urbano kind of left her on red. Like mm. she's DM'd Jay Balvin, she's right. dm a bunch of people to work with them, and they don't right. like pay attention to her. Wow. What um, do you think that
1: is?
2: I, I honestly don't understand it because. <clears throat> They're all willing to work with the new women who are in the in the game. Do they like,
1: know who she is? They know that, or do you think they, mean, they know their history? Of course or? they
2: know. They right. absolutely. Everyone knows who Evie Queen is. And, mm-hmm. um, they all allege to respect her a lot, right? But right, you know. but not put
1: her on and like help right. her, like pay her rent. <laughs> That's how it always Base, goes,
0: basically. Right, it always happens to women. And
2: now you see people like Evie Queen's big nails that she's always worn. You see a lot of artists in Urbano, wearing nails like that. Artists who aren't even Every single one, actually. Like, so <laughs> we'll get, gonna we'll get to
1: that. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to that. <laughs> um, well, with that, I feel like there is this uprising of more like feminist reggaeton and perreo happening. Um, like Miss Nina, Tomasa de Real, I feel like, Mala Rodriguez, I think she's super mm-hmm. dope. Um, uh, who are some female artists in the scene that you see as being like strong new feminist voices?
2: I mean, one of my favorites and and go-to's is a DJ out of Mexico City named Rosa Pistola. Oh,
1: my God. Yes, I love her. Uh, Oh, my God. I actually went to one of her parties when I was in Mexico. Oh, she's amazing. It was Mm. so sick. She had like a mariachi band open for her. And they were like fireworks. It was like insane. (laughs) She was the
2: first to do. I mean, her and uh, Rio Bamba and DJ Bembona Mm -hmm. did a boiler room with Playero. Oh, my God. uh,
0: Sick. Sexy.
2: Oh, my God. That's
1: right. That actually leads me to my
2: next. Uh, topic which was
1: like these new scenes these new sort of like communities of of like perreo and reggaeton uh which are like happening like uh, rosa perreo and like rosa pistola's right. parties and like javi sanchez throwing some parties which are more like uh safe spaces for like queer people and femmes and it's the first time that i've because i love that kind of music but i've always been super afraid to go to those parties because right. they've been sort of dangerous you know like and as a mm. trans woman i've I mean, I've been attacked in those places, and it's just yeah. like, where do you go to? Like, even with hip hop, I'm like, where do I go to just like dancing, hip hop, and stuff? And it's always been when being someone in fear. <laughs> yeah, it's always been when someone sort of had these like queer safe spaces for that type of music, and like I see some of that starting to brew now, which I think is for me it's fun because
0: I can go dancing and not
1: get raped. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um,
0: where? Yeah. That's, and, and I honestly have always felt that way with My whole existence You, you know Just being a uh, old school party girl And just wanting just to classically Just have some fun Yeah While having breasts While having breasts And an <laughs> ass Without you know Like the intimidation of a man After a few drinks Or, or anybody after a few drinks Really um, Yeah <laughs> Hello but, Without um, the machismo Without the machismo Like uh, Yeah Extra cheese But hold the machismo Right <laughs> You know what I mean Right how do, how do we, how do we get, yeah. how, where
1: is that? Well, like, what do you, how do you see the scene evolving yeah. into, like, how those intersections of, like, feminism and, like, queer communities and and then and reggaeton and the machismo, I feel like there are spaces where they're sort of converging.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think um, the bigger parties, like, for example, Rosa Perreo get, mm-hmm. um, the bigger they get, the more People who aren't necessarily from that space are going to come in. Mm-hmm. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Like right. It's, they're taking up space in one, on one hand, but on the other hand, they may be understanding that the old way of doing things is no longer acceptable. Right. And it might be changing people's attitudes towards how to behave in, a, in an environment like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely, I was at the, <clears throat> I was at a Rosaperreo Actually, I went to Rosa Perreo with Rosa Pistola one time <laughs> Oh my god, that was yeah. it been so fun Yeah, that was totally fun But there were a lot of people who, you know I mean, there were like, there were white people there even you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah so, so it's definitely expanding the world view of Right, you know. that's for sure
1: Are, who are, are there some like Because uh, there are a lot of more like queer artists also in reggaeton And, and like traperos and Son. urbano music Like, Are there some rising queer artists you have your eyes on?
2: There's a few, um, you know, right now in, in reggaeton, um, it's just so saturated, sonically speaking, um, that I guess in a sense we're looking for artists who kind of, I think at this point sound like 2004, that'd be kind of cool to hear again, Mm -hmm. to kind of bring it back to like this bachaton sound or whatever, because it's Mm -hmm. starting to sound very like generic all over right. the place mm. um not everyone It's and been not been processed everyone, but yeah there's definitely a formula that works and, right um,
1: i love you tweeted this it we uh, reggaeton has reached its oofy stage what was it
2: <laughs> yeah i won't say <laughs> who that tweet was about but <laughs> i got something in my inbox where i was just like no Ooh, the commentary no. it was the i would pop love the to see your delete <laughs> you're you, deleting you,
0: you You was upset <laughs> I, I, I wasn't upset you So was like, much as I was just annoying. I was
2: having a really bad flashback To my mm. blog house days
0: uh, Oh hey Okay <laughs> Okay
1: Oh my god Well you know this is So reggaeton is sort of like Like you said it was, Could you say it's Americanized?
2: I don't know that it's Americanized or just like Fully yet um, like,
0: a, a so it's like It's like the ball scene Has gotten commercial Just mainstream Yeah mainstream, yeah, it's definitely mainstream Just more mainstream. Um, mainstream Okay
2: Sometimes a bit sanitized mm, and, Right mm-hmm. Um it could definitely Get Americanized At some point There is a trend Happening um, Where a lot of Very good artists Like Daddy Yankee Are taking um, Very known Dance hall Or reggae songs Like no, I mean known To US like audiences Like Informer Like Informer <laughs> or whatever.
0: Oh shit Right I
1: forgot that happened Featuring Katy
2: Perry Right <laughs>
1: Kenny well, Perry Snow and Daddy Yankee on a
0: record. And then Madonna comes out with If you would have told, you know, like. told me that was
1: going to happen five years ago, I would have been
2: like... Um,
0: Lies and deception. Was, you're, yeah, Where right. are you living? 2020. Yeah.
2: So there's a lot of that kind of sampling happening or interpolation happening, I guess. Right. Um, and so that could definitely lead to... Lead somewhere further down the rabbit hole where we end up with very Americanized reggaeton.
1: Oh, my God. Well, in a time where there's so much sensitivity around, like, cultural appropriation... For me, I feel like there's a lack of an outcry when it comes to, like, appropriating Latin cultures as opposed to, like, appro- like, appropriating, like, black or Native American or Middle Eastern or Asian. Like, I don't understand why it's, like, for some reason, like, Latin culture is, like, a free reign. Right. Like, mm. I'm curious to hear your opinion of, like, how, why somehow it's more okay to just straight up appropriate Latin
2: culture as opposed to others. I think it's maybe because we haven't held the kind of space we're holding at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, as hard as we have before Right Last time Quote unquote Latin music Was uh, Had a huge crossover I guess Was like the Ricky Martin era Or, or Right when J-Lo released her album Yeah Like right. the Latin
0: invasion anyway. right. Yes Yes And it was like Okay for me to have This fat ass finally Right, right. Yeah <laughs> There was a lot You know there, It was
2: very exoticized Back then and, Off, and,
0: obvious, Yeah it was hardcore Right All of a sudden I was popular You know <laughs>
1: It's still exoticized, I feel like. Oh, oh,
2: it, oh, it always is.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so I think it's, you know, this is again where I think in one part, this is just one part of it, but I think this is where, again, uh, music journalism might come in handy because instead of just saying, hey, this is good or bad music, maybe we're saying now like, hey, this is kind of annoying or don't do this or this is kind of troublesome. Right. Don't do this. You know, don't like understand the space you're occupying. Right. I think everyone should, to some degree, get to make the music they want to make, like Mm-hmm. We're, we maybe are dancing around the issue right now, but let's talk about Rosalia. You know? um, right. I'm a huge fan of hers, which mm-hmm. might Same. get Twitter on my back tomorrow, but whatever. Like, whatever. I'm a huge fan of Rosalia. Yeah. However, I understand that there are things she does that are very troublesome and a little bit problematic. problematic. Yeah, right. And I think she's so talented on her own. I mean, I can honestly say in my top 15 shows of all time I've seen in my life was watching her at Webster Hall. Yeah, she's or, like a good, I can't not understand the talent too. she has, um, and so I feel like she doesn't need to do some of those things that she does. She doesn't necessarily need to wear edges or whatever, and like right. You know,
1: but she's like, just like seeing what's trending, and like right. I think I think we also live in a culture where we don't get the backstory behind. Certain Is she things? Not
0: like uh, Bad Bunny, where um, he's really taking his feminism uh, to like not his fem, but like his f- fem sign to uh, a kind of push the envelope is she doing the same is she on the same jam i,
2: I don't think so no I don't okay think that's the same i think okay. this is more about like i'm into this okay and i, I want to incorporate it into my art okay whereas in that particular respect bad bunny i think he's just like i love that i can wear glitter and nails because okay. i feel really good he's, in it okay you so know? it's
0: more of his part of his identity right and she's just i, I mean i'm wanna... sure
2: i mean I can't say I can't say what she's feeling. Right. right? No, like no, I'm
0: just you know, I'm just trying to see if there was a comparison right. in, in in that respect, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you're just reading my notes through my mind. <laughs> 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 so I was gonna talk about the Latin Grammys and the whitewashing of the Latin Grammys mm. and, and like how, you know, how artists from Spain are sort of taking up space within like the Latin award space right. and also within, I guess, Latin culture as well. Like Antonio Benderes was referred to as a person of color and there was all this sort of backlash <laughs> yeah. and he says he said, I don't know what I am but when I've gone to the U.S. I've considered myself Latino because those are the people I've connected with the most. Right.
2: On. right. Okay. Um, I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this story. My, when my parents got to Spain
0: once, <laughs> on. we needed to process that. We to just—we're processing. He's processed going so processing.
2: Like my, you know, I'll, I'll refer it to this this way. Like my mom would say, see sí, cuando les conviene," like you know, when it's convenient. Like you want to be aligned with I us. I think so. that's it's good. like
0: when Superwoman finally came out as Mexican, and we didn't know for so many years, and she because it was convenient because it was Latin invasion, right? Oh, sorry. I get angry. <laughs> I'm like, bang on the table. <laughs> no, but you know, like, all of a sudden it was like, it was, you know, she never... It was trending. It was trending. And all of a sudden, Raquel Welsh was Latin. And everyone right. just came out of that Latin co- closet, we you know... We talk about that
1: a lot within, like, queer conversations, too, where there's a lot of people who, like, you know, sudden, they attain their mainstream success and then they sort of come out as queer or non-binary or trans or whatever after and you know they then they reap the benefits of like having the safe space that has been built for them through people who have been real about that the entire time you know and 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 if not really reap the benefits of like being cis or like hetero or or passing Mm. so i guess it's sort of it's sort of similar
2: yeah definitely and and yeah i see it that way um
1: so maybe they don't realize that's what they're doing or what's happening. Because I don't know. I, I always wondered, like, what would it be from that perspective? Like, if I even had that privilege, would I identify it? Would I know that?
2: Yeah, and you also can't... I guess you can't know someone's heart, right? Like...
1: But I think at this point, everything's so vocal and now in the open. Like, everyone reads what's going on. Like, when, right. you know, we talked about when Rosalia said I'm Latina one time or something like that right
2: or yeah she said, I mean saying? I think she it was like a a video series on Billboard that was called Growing Up Latina or something <laughs> right. and they interviewed her about how she felt about, about being Latina and she answered the question right which is like I guess she was I get that she was put on the spot but I mean she could have been like well you know I'm actually Latina
1: Right, I think it's a time Latino for you know, culture,
2: and you know she
1: should take the opportunity to like educate people about the situation. I think, which right. she's not
2: doing. Right,
1: she's just. So, and that's obnoxious to me. Yeah, like I would be like, okay, this is what's happening. This is what it is. Like yeah. every time I received an award, I'd be like, well, you know, I'm from Spain. Like this is what's happening. Like I think all these other artists deserve. I'm inspired.
2: And that's not to say I don't think that Spanish artists belong at the Latin Grammys, and that's because there's it, a really complicated definition of what latin grammys mean even mm-hmm. if you read their their website like very technically like <clears throat> spanish artists are allowed to be a part of it right um and because what are we all consuming like spanish speaking countries right like we are right. we, we're, we're also consuming but i think music it would be simple Spain, it right? would
1: be simple if they're just like best spanish vocal album you know best spanish right. language album or like langu- i don't know it's just to like deal with the elephant in the room.
2: <laughs> right, definitely. It's it's a complicated issue. I I, I you know How try do to you navigate tackle it, it,
0: though? How do you yeah, how do you navigate that? Cuz it's so it's, I feel like it's very political, you know, and personal. And very I do feel it, like the powers that be maybe aren't more trying to navigate it at all. Like they don't okay. care. Like oh, no, they're, yeah. I think they're they making enjoy. money. They don't give a fuck. No. I'm talking about like personal, I guess personal. Well, because
1: nowadays everything benefits from the from conflict like if right. there's this right. conflict everyone's still talking about it right like if on. it's resolved no one talks about it so they, they encourage the conflict right um, speaking of what's your view of the term Latiness? Mm.
2: the ES one wait what? Is it Latinx. Latinx or Latin
1: yeah but I think okay this is there's okay. a few now okay yeah we gotta we, oh, yeah, let's we've figure this out because yeah
2: there's a 2.0 version me, now when yeah. I see
1: the term Latinx okay for me, I think it's pronounced latines. Oh, okay, okay. right? Because like the X is an S in. See, I just think it's Latin it, X, like uh, you know. But isn't it technically pronounced if you're speaking with a Latin tongue, latines?
2: You got me there. I don't. I've always said Latin Same, Right. Which is clunky. You know, people argue that it's too clunky or whatever. But like, I don't. I don't even know why we. But had I think had the X in it.
1: Spanish is S, pronounced S, mm. latines. Which I think why now, then in English, English English-speaking people would put the ES as S.
2: That would make sense. Um, Yeah, so I I like the term because, you know, language evolves, right? Right. um, Right on. It's evolving to be inclusive. Um, I think I used it wrong to begin with. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, I'm Latinx. And it's like, wait, actually, uh, the way we use it at I, I I like that form because... Um, we just use it when we don't when we're talking about a big group of people and right. we don't know how they identify, right? So right. if I'm talking about 500 people, right, I'll you say they're Latinx, Latinx. because yeah. I don't know how everyone identifies there. But if I'm talking about Correct. me, I'm still gonna say Latino, you know?
1: Right. Yes. Exactly. That's how I feel too. I say mm. that I feel the same. I'm Latino. No?
0: Yeah.
1: But that's why I think it gets a little tricky because then that's sort of well, I think that's why people get confused because we're including other genders other than mm-hmm. the binary mm-hmm. and then people are using that term just to identify as non-binary as well so then right. it gets then those two, the two are blending
0: so we're right. just we're still learning we're still evolving it's not
2: perfect and, but we'll get there
0: we'll get there yeah so. I st- I'm, a, I'm a simple girl I'm just relaxing so <laughs> okay well
1: thank you for coming to Allegedly but before we leave we usually play a freestyle song but um, this time we're gonna play a new, <laughs> a new song by Vin Diesel. <laughs> Wait, oh, go what? Oh, the now now remix.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what do you know about this track? Un palo.
1: Can you give us some Wait, background on the what? Yeah, girl, so, it's a new. Well, you tell tell Ava what this is.
2: So El Alpha made a song called coronao Now. Okay. <laughs> and then he made a remix with Lil Pump. And then, because the song is going to be featured, and as is El Alfa on the new Conan... Wait, what is it? Is, is Fast and, Fast and, and, Fast and Furious? Furious yes. <laughs> uh, now there's a remix with Vin Diesel on it. So Vin, Vin Diesel, Diesel is now officially a Dembocero.
0: And we're going
1: to play this right now. We're going to play this right now. Vin Diesel, who is technically... Because is he, he doesn't know where he's from. His father's from. He doesn't know. But he uh, He's like, my father's brown, though. Yeah.
0: All right. Oh, my God. Like, you might be related to him. I, or, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, by injection <laughs> Wait, how do you discuss El Alpha
1: Featuring uh, El t- Alpha? give us the full this version, I think There's a lot of people it, on what
2: it What is it? Uh, uh, Wait, is this really happening? This is really happening Okay It's El Alpha, Lil Pump Is Mike Towers on it? Mike um, Towers, yes, go on Setch <laughs> And who I love, I love Setch And Vin Diesel Here it is Go ahead. You're listening to
1: Allegedly NYC
0: Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh,
2: dan el mundial joven como un Pelé Invito me voy, ya tú sabes cómo andamos hoy demo, demo. Damas y caballeros, fin dice
0: La pampara, prendía Fuck you, tú no Fuck you, tú no
1: entiendes Fuck you, tú no entiendes uh. Uh.
0: Fuck you, tú no entiendes
2: Tú sabes cuántos roles, a mí me hora Yo te llamo ahora, que tengo un ser pa' los cueros y otro pa' la señora. Que coroné, te diste te cuenta. Tengo tres contables por una sola cuenta. Vestido negro en todas las fiestas. Yo fuera Michael Jackson, fuera a los 80. Los diamantes que yo tengo son las lámparas. Tengo un feeling más prendido que la pampara. Los billetes verdes, flor la máscara. Si te falta salsa, soy la tártara. Se me pe, se me pe, se me pegan todas. El camino a mi cama, la alfombra roja. Me robe a tu baby, desaloja. Que le di en now, gritaba lo coronado, <muchas> coronado, now, now, coronado, 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 coronado,
0: El mejor desde Santo Domingo. Del planeta Marte me mandaron pa'l domingo. En el 2020 canta bingo. Porque coroné con 10 millones que le quitamos a los gringos. La pam, 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 pa'l abusador. Lo único que me falta en el garaje es un platillo volador. Todo lo que se mete en mi camino se derriba. A mí me disparan como un cohete, voy pa' arriba. Fuck you. Tú no entiendes. Fuck you. Tú no entiendes.
2: Fuck you. Tú no entiendes. no dime corona corona como nalco traficante para las mujeres dulce para los tigre picante y a mí no me pregunté yo no tengo que explicarte al que me falta mételo cosa al instante estamos ruleta rusa en la casa fantasma la mala con dile que ya llegó la vaina a los detectores la apagamos la alarma si voy para la
0: disco tienen que pasar la alma listening to allegedly nyc allegedly